action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know, know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us using the email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us using the Twitter handle at SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the Twitter handle, or the, excuse me, the hashtag Ignition. So before we get into today's, uh, today's episode, it's the, if you're listening to the, well, as you're listening to this, it is at the soonest, the first day of June. So Father, happy Feast of St. Justin Martyr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And we are coming up to the end of the Easter season and the celebration of Pentecost, which is what we're going to be kind of talking about today, more properly about the Holy Spirit Himself. Uh, before we get before we get into that discussion, though, Father, let's introduce introduce ourselves a little bit more. Yes. So I am the director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center at South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota, as well as the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White. Oh, that's, that was uh, like a, a $1 answer to a 50 cent question. No, I think that was a 50 cent question. Answer? Do yeah. you? Quibble. <laughs> listen Quibble. to last episode if you want to. Don't, yeah, don't listen to 313. Yeah, maybe not. Never mind. Just skip through the first three minutes. Um, I'm, again, Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls and uh, husband of 17 and a half years and father for, th- oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, coming up right almost here, 13 years, pretty soon. You're almost the father of teenager. Almost the, uh, really close as you're oh, listening to this. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. That God hair is going to start to change color. <laughs> it has begun. <laughs> dum, so, dum, dum. So we, you might need a lot of assistance then. Uh, nice. Yes, I, will, I do need a lot of help. I'll as take, do I as a priest and uh, a pastor of souls. Which leads in very nicely into our discussion today. Again, we're going to be focusing, uh, because we're about to celebrate the great solemnity, the, the, the third of the great feasts of the church year, the solemnity of Pentecost. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Yes. But even if we weren't on the verge of the annual celebration of Pentecost, the 50th day of Easter, it's always worth talking about the Holy Spirit. It is. It's like this is between confirmations and Pentecost. This is like the the only those are the only times that we tend to talk about the Spirit in the church. Uh, well, I try to talk. That's about a generalization. It yes, yes it is a generalization. But yeah. I, I try to talk about the Holy Spirit more often than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any particular times, or just as as your maybe the re, as the re, as, it, as, as it's, the as Spirit it. leads me. Oh, nice. Uh, pun intended. Yeah. Um, as the readings might indicate, but also, um, too, just because the spirit is integral, uh, to the prayer life of prayer. And I want my people to be people that pray and learn how to discern and, uh, sift through the different movements of their own heart to identify, uh, 
where those movements of their own hearts are coming from, whether they're from the Lord or not, whether to accept them or reject them. Yep. Uh, so they know how to live their right. life in this crazy world. Because some of them have teenagers. <laughs> and some of them are teenagers. <laughs> so the, many of them just were teenagers. Right. So Father and I have talked about the Holy, Pentecost before, Holy Spirit. It's, it's, I think it's been a couple of years, but we, we have, you can look back in the archives, listen to our greatest hits. There are many, many, many of those. Uh, pun, yeah, anyway, sorely intended. But we want to focus today on an aspect of the Spirit's role in the life of a disciple um, that we haven't really touched, well, we may at most touched on, but we have not uh, dove deeply. Dove? Yeah. Dove, right? Dove. Dove? Dove. Dove? We, dove? Have, we haven't gone deep um, with, with today's particular take or aspect of, of the role of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the life of a disciple, and that is we want to focus today on the Spirit's gifts and the Spirit's fruits. So what, this, what the gifts that he gives us are and what the fruit is that they bear in our life in a particular way is, is the focus um, for our conversation today. So just generally, Father, um, what, what, are the, what, what is the importance of the gifts and the fruits for living a truly fruitful life of discipleship? Well, as I said earlier, it's integral for, number one, just identifying the movements of our own hearts. Okay. And Fulton Sheen is great in talking about this. Uh, you wouldn't think of him as a guru of discernment. Uh, in some regards, these days we think about Father Timothy Gallagher, sure. maybe, and things like that, or St. Ignatius of Viola, certainly. But uh, he's great in talking about this in terms that modern man doesn't need God to explain the heavens and the earth, but definitely needs uh, and has a hunger for God to understand his own heart. Okay. That modern man struggles to, uh, to live with integrity in his own heart. That uh, we have disorder, uh, di- disharmony yep. uh, in our hearts, and we want that balance, harmony, and order, and uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings it. Can you give an example? What, what do, when you say disorder, disharmony in our hearts, what, 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 what's an example of something that you might be talking about when you use that? If somebody's Sin? never really thought about that. <laughs> so uh, w- what I'm talking about in that way is how... Uh, from a large cultural sense, uh, maybe not be, maybe not aware of this, listeners, that uh, Western civilization, Western Europe, the United States, has more physical creature comforts than any society ever before it, and yet has the highest suicide rates. Right. So obviously we're not happy. Yep. Uh, also just in that sense of our general own quest for happiness, that we feel... Uh, we acknowledge within ourselves boredom, frustration, discouragement, and yet we have at our fingertips uh, entertainment and titillation and access beyond anything we've ever had before. Right. And so something is off in right. that way. And the, what is off is our interior own heart, my ability to know what's good and to choose what's good and be happy with what I chose. Say that again. My ability to know what's good, choose what's good, and to be happy with what I chose. To know what's good, to choose what's good, and to be happy with what I chose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so that's what you mean by, so the, the Holy Spirit helps me mm-hmm. the, and his gifts and the fruit they bear help me to be aware. To know what's good, to choose what's good and to be happy with what I chose. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anything else in terms of just in a broad strokes, uh, in a general way, the importance of the gifts and fruits for life of fruitful discipleship? Well, because also it's the very gift of the Holy Spirit himself. Okay. You know, uh, it's interesting, uh, uh, I think the scriptures, when they talk about Galatians 5, uh, 12, 5, 22, that we'll get to in a moment, uh, talks about not the fruits, but the fruit. 
Right. So it is the singular. These are singular. This is the Holy Spirit himself in a way. Right. And so this is God's own gift of himself, uh, Jesus' own lasting gift of himself. When you live in a, when your Christian life becomes a lived awareness of the presence of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are then more purposely and graciously living in the gift that Jesus gave to us at his parting. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. It's important. I think so. Slightly. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay so we've talked about, we're going to, we've said, we're going to talk about the, the gifts and the fruits and you mm-hmm. just, the fruit in a particular way. Um, the distinction between them, I think, is just worth addressing briefly before we get into them. Um, and the, the difference between the gifts and the fruits are, is found in, in the, the name by which we call these things gifts and fruits. So the gifts are those things um, that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit. So they're, they're given to us, period. So whenever there's a powerful, the Holy, powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and particularly we would identify this at our baptism and, uh, and confirmation, we definitively, definitively um, receive, we're given, their gifts, these seven things. No ifs, ands, or buts. Correct. Now, Depending on how, how, how well we receive them or how well we actualize these gifts in our lives, how well we cooperate with the Spirit when he gives us these gifts, to the degree that we do, they will bear fruit in our lives. And the church uh, traditionally, based on Scripture, as with, the, as with the gifts, and we'll get to both of those in a minute, with both the gifts and the fruits, we identify, based on Scripture, the fruits that, that the gifts bear in our life. Right? Right. Okay. So when we cooperate with the Spirit, the, groups, the, the gifts bear fruit. Correct. Uh, go ahead. Right. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a distinction that I couldn't quite figure out. Okay. It'll come. It'll come. It, I was going to say, if it, yeah. It'll come. <clears throat> so the, we were but early on in this episode of Ignition. In, indeed. In fact, even too early to remind you that you're listening to Ignition. Yeah, it'd be too early to tell you that the email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. And far too early to tell us that if you had questions or suggestions for future episodes, you should also tweet at us with the Twitter handle of at sfdiocese using the hashtag Ignition. But soon it'll be time to tell you that. And then we'll say that then. Yeah, we'll say it then, that you, and, and also that you're Father Dickinson and I'm Chris Bergwald. Exactly. We'll get to that soon. Um, soon. The gifts of the Spirit, uh, based, um, I don't know, largely, exclusively on... Nigh exclusively. Not exclusively. Nigh exclusively. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> on, the subtitles weren't working. <laughs> on Isaiah chapter 11, is, yes. is where, from the Old Testament, to be clear. Right. Um uh, never mind. That's going to be too. The narrative includes both the old and father. Uh, real quick, we were talking about narrative in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, real quick, by the way, uh, fascinating book title that I came across and looked at recently. Um, do we really need the New Testament? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, written by a Catholic author. No, 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 no. Okay. Christian author. Yeah, really. really? Yeah, really? yeah. And series of essays. Uh, the title was for more fascinating than the content in this case. Oh. Um, but but just the idea. I think so often most of us as Christians, including many Catholics, would see, uh, what do we need? The Old Testament. Right. Because what do they pass out at my college campus each year? <laughs> the Gideon New Testament with the Psalms. With the Psalms. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, anyway. Which is Old Testament. So, but the seven gifts is, uh, are, 
based well nigh exclusively on Isaiah. And you have to, when you say nigh, nigh. you need to shake the finger in the air. They're based nigh, exclusively based. <laughs> on Isaiah chapter 11. So far, let's, let's, uh, let's actually get in now to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, I have to say this. Please do. Thanks to your brother in the priesthood and your brother in campus ministry, I finally, finger in the air shaking, figured out how to remember the seven gifts. Because this was not drilled into my head as a child, Mm -hmm. and I probably could have drilled it in my head as an adult, but I never took the time. Because... The, the there is a traditional listing wisdom understanding counsel uh fortitude knowledge piety fear of the lord that was no good to me i needed puffwick puffwick prudence understanding fortitude fear of the lord wisdom counsel and knowledge thank you father jeff norfolk thank you puffwick is there any order to that or any sense to that order? No. Just that it makes... It's an acronym. Okay. Puffwick. Okay. See, I, org- I, I organize them how they're related to each other. I think this is the traditional... Or, or do you mean other than what you have on, on the outline for the episode? Well, just like the sense that like... Yeah, in the traditional order, and that's how they're related to each other as well. That... Um, especially like, like when you're going to have counsel... Then you also need fortitude. Yeah. Because the council shows you like what needs to be done. They need fortitude to actually do it. Uh, knowledge uh, leads to piety. Oh, sure. In that yep. way. Yeah, I think this is slightly out of the traditional order, but I can see why you do it that way. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you. I've been talking way too much. Help us understand the seven gifts. Father Andrew Dickinson. Take it away. Oh, wow. He just pushed his microphone away. Wow. Wow. He's taking off his headphones. He's walking out of the room. Oh, no. I'm dropping the mic. Wrong wrong usage of the mic. Wrong use of the mic drop there. Uh, So the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. uh, As we said, Puffwick, or as I say, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Yes. And kind of some one-sentence descriptions of these seven gifts based on uh, a book by an Australian archbishop, Bishop Sheehan. Sheehan. Uh, right. From the early 20th century, a uh, book that Father Jordan Sampson showed with me uh, called Apologetics and Catholic Doctrine, a really great book. But there, uh, so wisdom is to dwell with pleasure on the beauty and majesty and infin- infinity of God. Uh, should we just go through these as a list and then talk yeah. about them more individually? So wisdom to dwell with pleasure on the beauty, uh, on the beauty, to dwell with pleasure on the beauty and majesty and infinity of God. Understanding, to possess a deep insight into all the great truths revealed by God. Counsel, to make us judge promptly and rightly, as by a sort of supernatural intuition, what must be done in difficult cases. Fortitude, to do great things joyfully and confidently despite all obstacles. To be true to our faith, to profess it boldly, and with superb courage of a martyr, to welcome death in testifying to its truth. Knowledge, to see the hand of God and the happy happenings of the world, to see his likeness in all created things, but at the same time to realize that no creature deserves to be loved for its own sake or can be of profit to us unless it lead us to our creator. Piety, to serve God with holy joy, to say our prayers in spite of hurry or weariness, 
to receive the sacraments, to join with devotion in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, to look with God, to look on God as our Father and all men as our brothers. And finally, fear the Lord, to entertain a profound, though filial, respect for God, to meditate on the great disaster of losing his love, and of being separated from him for all eternity. Mm. End of list. <laughs> so, so. All right, that's a lot. It is. And it, in some ways, it's somewhat easier to extend, uh, understand them backwards because I think they're a little more practical at the end. They're a little more contemplative at the beginning. Okay. Right? So fear of the Lord uh, is very much uh, uh, about this idea of cultivating within me this desire to never be separated from God. Okay, yep. Right? Yep. And so often we hear the word fear of the Lord and we're like, oh, we think of servile fear. And it's, it's okay to have a servile fear in a certain sense. But it's better to have the fear of not wanting to hurt someone. You know, you have a fear of your wife. Mm-hmm. Not that she's got a rolling pin or something mm-hmm. like that that she's going to beat you with. But that you don't want to disappoint her. You don't right. want to let her down. Right. You don't want to let your children down. Yep. And that is that idea of fear of the Lord. You know, do I love God to the point where I don't want to uh, disappoint or let him down? Right. Uh, and then secondly, piety uh, to serve God with holy joy, to say our prayers in spite of her or weariness, to receive the sacraments, to join with devotion in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, look with God as our Father and all men as our brothers. So this idea of um, how I'm looking at the world in that way with that sort of affection uh, for God and for prayer in that way. Father, I think piety is getting sort of a bum rap these days. I think we even within the church, to, to be pious has a really negative connotation. Correct. What, what's that about, do you think? Oh, that's, uh, we could open a whole can of worms on that. Uh, Just I take think, out one or two. Well, I think one of the things that is implied with people that don't like piety is the idea that piety in some way isn't reasonable. Okay. Right, that you're pious to the detriment of responsibilities. Okay. Or things of that sort. Or that you're pious in order to cover up some faults or lacking. So Was there a way you were thinking of piety being looked down well, upon? Um, there can be a false piety, right? Right. Well, I think that would be the idea of like covering up some other faults or things okay, like that. Okay, I see. Okay, well, you're, the, the, the point you just made. Okay. She doth protest too much. Right, right. So, but the fact that somebody might abuse or have live this or any of the gifts falsely um, they're not really living the gifts, obviously, then. But that doesn't, you don't throw the baby out with the bath, bath water, right? Piety yeah. is still a gift of the spirit that we're given that we should uh, employ. Yeah, and it's, it's good to know that these gifts are given for your own sake, not for anyone else's sake. Yeah. These gifts are given for your own sanctification, for your own participation in the divine nature. Yep. Uh, so I connected back to 313 there. You didn't see that, did you? <laughs> not initially, no. Okay. Um, so, uh, so these gifts. I, are... I was I was stuck. By the way, I thought you were going to impersonation. I was trying to. Oh. This sounds familiar. It sounds like somebody's impersonation of somebody. But that's okay. No. Uh, so piety is for your own sake, and so really, piety isn't about whether or not you fold your hands very carefully in right. prayer. Right. Parody, piety is about you know. So last night I prayed my night prayer at one thirty a.m. because we had midnight pancakes going on, uh, and I got to say I probably should have been praying for the spirit's gift of piety. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to pray that prayer with a sense of interior joy in spite of hurry or weariness, <laughs> which I think I had both. Uh-huh. One because of the other. Yeah. Or maybe both because of each other. But yes, so piety. Okay. Uh, knowledge, uh, to see the hand of God in the happenings of the world, to see his likeness in all created things, this idea of providence, 
to see God's hand at work and things that it's not just coincidence, uh, but it's God taking care of me and his fatherly love. Um, and also then to make sure that I, that I know each thing's in their proper place. Okay. Right. Do I love, uh, uh, chocolate milk for its own sake or do I love chocolate milk as an expression of God's fatherly love and care for me? For its own sake. Oh, oh, then that's an impurity oh, that sorry. needs to be purified oh, okay. within me, right? And so we want to pray for the gift of knowledge in that regard uh, if we're loving something or someone incorrectly. Okay. Right? Loving myself for my own sake. Right? Um, fortitude. Uh, to do great things joyfully and confidently despite all obstacles. Uh, to be true to our faith, to profess it boldly and, superb, and even with the superb courage of a martyr. To welcome death and testifying to its truth. And I would, I would just slightly, so to do great things joyfully and confidently despite all obstacles, to do really all things, all the things that were called, there's magnanimity, the virtue of magnanimity where we do great things, um, the call to do great things. Fortitude is even more broad than that. Just everything that we're called to do, we should be deliberate, purposeful, intentional about doing them joyfully and confidently. Right. And, and this gift of courage isn't about uh, fortitude here, isn't a confidence in myself, but it's based on the Lord. Right. In that regard, that he will do things that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, as St. Paul says. Or as Jesus says in the negative sense, without me, you can do nothing. Nice scripture citation, Dr. Burgle. <laughs> I Thank you. I've been practicing. Mm -hmm. uh, so then uh, also counsel uh, to make us judge promptly and rightly as by, as by a sort of supernatural intuition what must be done, especially in difficult cases. Right. So uh, this gift of counsel, we often have difficult points of decision. We talk about, we haven't done an episode on conscience, have we ever? Yeah, we have. We have? Yeah. Oh, okay. So when we did our episode on conscience, we probably talked about general moral conscience and particular moral conscience. Because we talked about Budzinski's book. Remember Jay Budzinski? Uh Yes, Jay Budzinski. Uh Yes, so counsel, so to judge rightly. So, all right, I know like the general moral law, uh, you shall not be angry, you shall not uh, kill, but don't know how to apply it in this specific instance. Right. So that's why I want to pray for the Spirit's gift of counsel. Uh, understanding, deep insight into the truths, uh, the great truths revealed by God. So insight into the truths uh, isn't just a knowledge of them, but a familiarity with them, a mastery of yep. the knowledge of those insights. And wisdom then is where we just kind of dwell in the beauty and the majesty and the infinity of God. So it's interesting, like if you're familiar listeners with the or the story of St. Thomas Aquinas, that you could say in some ways that he went from understanding and then ended his life, especially abiding in wisdom. Right. Yes. Okay. Because we know in his, in his, the story of St. Thomas Aquinas, he was a great and masterful theologian who had a deep insight uh, into uh, the great truths revealed by God, so that spirit gift of understanding. He wrote from that and taught from that. But then towards the end of his life, he would just simply, he desired simply to just dwell with pleasure on the beauty and the majesty and infinity of God. It's the the story is at the end of his life, uh, the Lord appeared to him. I don't know if you heard God's voice or if, if, if Jesus appeared to him and said, Thomas, you've written well of me. What do you desire? Or something like that. Oh, yeah. And Thomas responded, only you, Lord. How does it go in Latin? Non te. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either. Um, but he that he desired only to dwell on the face of God, to behold God in all His glory was was all he asked. And he also uh, supposedly then accounted that 
everything uh non nisi te domine nothing but you lord yeah non nisi te domine um thank you google he uh also uh said that all of his works were as as so much straw compared to what he had seen in these right. visions of prayer these fruits of the spirit's gift of wisdom which wasn't in any way to denigrate what he had written no but just to the the, the, the gap the gulf between what he had written and the reality of which he had of yeah. whom he had written by the way father uh, episode 4 or 242 uh, mm. December of 2015, we talked about forming and following your conscience. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Jay Brzezinski's great book, What We Can't Not Know. Love that book. We did two episodes back in the fall of 2011. Back to back? Back to back. Two parts. Boom. Parts one and two, What We Can't Not Know. So those are the seven gifts and right. a brief outline of them. Again, we receive all of them, and you, I'm glad you emphasize they're for our own sanctification. Um, we're given the charisms to help others, right. but the gifts are given to Sometimes us. Sometimes referred to as the extraordinary <clears throat> gifts. Yes. The Holy Spirit as listed by 1 Corinthians chapter. Yeah, that, that chapter. Chapter 14, actually, I'm pretty sure. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left, Father. I, I don't, do we even, do we just list the fruits? Let's and... list the fruits. <laughs> because otherwise we'd have to stop now and then there'd be like three minutes of dead air time. Yeah. <laughs> or two minutes. Two minutes. So um, as with uh, the gifts, they're based on scripture. So in this Galatians case, 5, verse 22 and 23. And the, interestingly, when you read it, Father and I were puzzling over this. Yes. Our English translations, and if you even look at the Greek, uh, you count nine gifts of the Spirit. But St. Jerome, when he translated the, um, the, the Greek New Testament, the original New Testament, into Latin, it's called the Vulgate, um, somehow he came up with 12. And so traditionally, we, we list the, the, the fruits of the Spirit as 12, even though... So when you look up Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, you only count nine, but we've just distinguished them into 12. Yeah, uh, kind of total. breaking some of them down into parts yeah. in some way, which so, is what Jerome was doing in his translation. Right, exactly. So um, you can find them in, it just listed in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1832 which reads, the fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. The tradition of the church lists 12 of them. Charity, perfections. Charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity. I love that word perfections. Why? Because you, know, you think about the discord and disorder of this world in which we live in. And that internal disorder and discord that we spoke about at the beginning, yeah. this idea to abide in the Spirit's own uh, perfect gift of himself. Mm. That no longer my disorder, but now I abide in charity and joy and peace and patience and generosity and faithfulness and modesty and all these things. Excellent. Isn't that yeah. kind of cool to think about that yeah. idea of like abiding in those fruits? Right. And the, again, what, I, what struck me there, the catechism says, these are the first fruits of eternal glory. So we'll possess mm. them in full, these fruits in full in heaven, right. but we receive them even now to some degree. Right. Uh, mixed, but, and that's part of the adventure of our Christian life is the purifying of our hearts to receive them in ever greater fullness. Amen. And that will wrap us up, ep- wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.